welcome to the Pressed Up Podcast, Press Out Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Kieran. Hello. Brody. Hello. James. Hello. And Shannon. Hello. The gang. The gang is all here. We love it. Um, Brody. I'm going to come to you first in today's episode and ask you about your Dead Space review. Lovely. Um, how did you like it? I, did, um, <laughs> I didn't know which question I was going to lead with. And I'm like, yeah. how do we do reviews again? It's, it's a good one. You've landed on a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah was look, it good? I'd, yeah, look, really great. Really great remake. I'd forgotten how much I actually liked the Dead Space franchise. And I know James is right there with me. We're outliers in the sense that i think we both enjoyed the third one even though it was much maligned um nevertheless this is a great remake it um lands on all that horror that you remember it doesn't just i think it's a better remake than the last of us and i know we have to make the comparison because we always have to talk about the last of us um i think it's it's a better one in the sense that it expands on the story it gives new context to the story it recontextualizes a lot of the characters uh brings some characters that were sort of cast aside in the original you know back into the uh into the frame entirely but uh what is what are you laughing at <laughs> nothing nothing no <laughs> the last conversation i don't understand why it started no i'm i no i actually thought i would but be the true. one to bring that up it's so true. i'm, I'm sorry Happy for Brody to butter everyone up. With I, that. I assume it, you mean in terms of a remake. And I'll slap, like, and I'll slap on some yeah, damn what we'd expect to do. I, I, I was laughing initially because I was like, well, Isaac doesn't even talk in the original. So, of course, comparatively, like, it's an improvement. Yeah, but that's such like a specific thing to pick. Like, that's that's not even, it's too early in the podcast to have this conversation. <laughs> Let Let's not argue continue. about The Last of Us. Nevertheless, uh, okay. yeah, so... <clears throat> oh, I, I've lost my complete train of thought here. Nevertheless, uh... <laughs> So yeah, the story's expanded. Obviously, the game's completely rebuilt from the ground up. I find the uh, the issue more obviously the setting. Uh, it was always great, but now it's even better because I feel like they've given it even more of a little Metroidy sort of twist than it already had. Like they've given you things and reasons to go back and forth. Um, it obviously looks really nice. Um, obviously, they go on. Did you play Callisto? I played about an hour of Callisto. Right, okay. and I probably. I don't know that I'll go back necessarily. I've really found the the melee side of the combat to be rather off-putting. But right. I'll never say never. I'll go back and give it a go because I have read a few reviews that say, and a few people who have spoken about these games in comparison directly, who think that the story in Callisto is still probably told a little bit better. But I still think that this is the best. Well, I don't know, James. You can elaborate maybe yeah, shortly. I disagree. But, um, but, yeah. but yeah, obviously just super polished. Really great. Um yeah, the only thing I didn't like, and it was something that James kind of did put into my mind when we were sort of talking about it at one point, um, and it's that the game has a new like intensity director, which obviously means that not every encounter is going to be like one for one the same, and it sort of throws things at you at varying degrees. And I feel like that at times can undercut uh, the atmosphere that it it and the original worked really hard to build. Um, and it sort of leans more into the action-oriented side of things like the sequels did originally, which I know turned a lot of people off those games. Uh, right. So aside from that minor uh, tidbit, I'd say, yeah, it's a super polished sequel and better than I thought it was going to be, yeah. And if you've never touched a Dead Space game before, you don't think there's any harm in jumping in here? No, definitely not. Like I said, it um, obviously tells the story out. of the original again, uh, 
yeah, tells it in a slightly different way, uh, but gives you plenty of reasons to like replay it again and sort of explore all that side stuff that they've added new to the game. Uh, so yeah, and with any luck, like this will do really well, and they'll you know maybe think about remaking the second one and then possibly the third. But I definitely think it's a good entrance point because I didn't quite realize like the whole time I was playing it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is the Dead Space I remember. It's only you know it looks a bit better, and they've changed a couple of things, but it only takes like literally seeing them side by side to realize how stark a difference it actually is. Yeah, that's so often the case. I think memories mm. are more favourable for these games. Yeah. Um, James, you managed to play a bit as well. Do you feel much the same? So I've finished it twice. I'm on my th- halfway through my of impossible run. Why? Because, like, it's quite good. Um, that's actually, like, exposed something I don't like about it. But overall, it is pretty good. Um, I think it's, like, a really solid remake. I like it. I just, I, I like that it actually takes the original and, like, does something more with it. Like, it expands the plot. It it adds, um, like, say, like, a lot of the bits that I was dreading coming up to from the original game, um, you would come back to them and they they were completely changed or they were, like, retuned or, like, like, there was a bit at the end where it was almost three arena battles, but instead they made it, like, an arena battle, a zero-gravity kind of puzzle thing and then something else. Like, it, it's all been adjusted... And, like, fine-tuned really well um, to to the point where, like, nothing's missing. Like, what a, a lot of some remakes, they cut stuff out, um, like, say, Resi 3. Um, but this one has everything that's in the original, plus more, and none of it feels like it's been, like, kind of shoehorned in. Like, a lot of the plot elements from number two and the re- religion that's behind it all um, is in one... Um, and the characters, obviously, because Isaac speaks now, you can't tell the story that the first game told with the main character speaking. Um, so the, that the way that everyone behaves and the way that all these like minor characters behave um, and their roles are expanded too, like to just tell a better story. Yeah. Um, I was actually saying, like, I was playing it with my friend at the end. He was like in a room with me, and um, while we were playing uh, it, funny I, was, that. I said out, I said out loud. Yeah, yeah. hang on. I said well, out you, loud, you weren't like, playing the no, game together, were you? Okay, good. No, he on the one screen. To watch. I, back to terrible. back. Anyway, yeah. and he was, and I said out loud. I was like, "This is really cool," like because like Ewan hasn't played this before, and this is such a better way to tell the story. And then he was like, "Who's Ewan?" Fan <laughs> 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 like, of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, like it's true. Like it's just the better way to play the first game. Like I genuinely can't think of any reason why you would play the original now, um, which I feel like kind of bad for saying, because, like, obviously somebody made that a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, it is just really good. Well, it's um, born to this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's just good. I'm really cool. glad that it turned out great. It's really surprising, too, because I feel like they didn't lead into a lot of the newer stuff um, in the marketing. Like, I always thought this game, like, was a bit weird how they announced it so quickly from when from an inception to release. Um yeah. And it did, the stuff they showed was very much like, this is one room from the last one and the same room in the new game. Um, but because, like, the way gravity works now, like, all the boss battles have changed. Like, it's just a much better put-together experience. That's good. I'm glad it's um, lived up to expectations, because I know you're all pretty keen on it. Um, <clears throat> it's, I guess, it's weird because they didn't do the same, but... Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, Callisto, like, plays like Dead Space 1 did. Right? Like, because that, that's basically how I feel, like, having played both, like, multiple times already. Yeah. Um, 
because Dead Space 1 really does a good job of, like, cracking open that, that world to be, like, open world almost. You can go literally anywhere until the end of chapter 11, um, and the game warns you as well. Um, so it's almost like Prey-like, I feel, in terms of how you can go around the ship. There's multiple ways to get around the ship. Um, some of the optional areas do feel a little bit immersive simmy. Use your telekinetics and stuff to block yeah. certain things off or unlock certain things. Shoot doors through locks. I mean, shoot locks through windows, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just a really well put together game that I think it was clearly a passion project for them. I don't really know if they can capture that same magic game with 2 and 3. I feel like they'd probably need more work to rework into something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a great way to start off the franchise. And there's enough lore in there to really give you an idea of what is going on in the, the three games already. So, Cool. Nice. Well, in the spirit of uh, reviews, Kieran, you've also done a couple this week. Um, mm. First, I'm going to ask about Season of Letter to the Future because I saw a lot of hype around this. Did you similarly enjoy the game? Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this fairly short cause I, I'm on a tight schedule, but, um, it's easily like an early favorite for the year for me, I think. Um, at least in the indie space. Um, it's like, it's a fairly basic premise. You ba- essentially like the story setup is your, you play this person and she's tasked with going and like recording and taking photos of this valley, uh, that's about to be flooded essentially. Um, so, you know, go and like record and, and take in the culture and the, the art that exists there before it all kind of falls apart. Um, so you, you get given a camera, you get given an audio recorder and a journal and you just kind of like bicycle around this valley wherever you want, take photos, talk to the people that are still there that are packing up and leaving and all that kind of stuff and just kind of like soak it all in. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's, it's super beautiful. The writing is like weirdly poetic at every point. Like it's you kind of have free reign of like how you interpret the world and how you record it in your journal and stuff. And I just, yeah, it's like a five, six hour experience that just like, I still think about now and I'm like, that was, that was super cool. Like everything about that was just really cool. So I really hope people, I think it's out now or like tomorrow. Technically, I really hope people get around it. Cause it's, it's super special. Yeah. Nice. Well, speaking about poetic writing, how are SpongeBob SquarePants the cosmic shake? <laughs> That's a great segue. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it, it was pretty good. Um, I, f- I feel like this is a game specifically aimed, like laser targeted at people that enjoyed Battle for the Bikini Bottom and and bought yeah. the remake a couple of years ago and, and played that because it really does just feel like more of the same. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely not on par with, you know, what you'd expect from modern 3D platformers like Mario Odyssey or like even Crash Bandicoot 4. It's, it's, it's very, very old school. Um, but I think like when I was writing the review, the, the lens I tried to take on it um, was that it's, it is a licensed game. Like it's a Nickelodeon licensed platformer. And I think if you put it in the context of what people usually get especially younger audiences usually get from those licensed games which yeah. is trash for the most part i think it like it kind of sends like well above all of that stuff and it's a budget price game it's like 60 bucks maximum so yeah. i think i think if you were like a parent um or, or someone buying you know looking looking at, at stores for that sort of game it's like it's the one i'd pick easily I've only played like the first couple of realms, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's very much does all it needs to do um, in speaking to the very purposeful audience that it's set mm. out to. Um, and yeah, I think, as you said, it's more than shovelware. Like it's not just mm. kind of in it for the cash grab. It is very much staying true to, um, 
yeah, that that kind of PS2 era SpongeBob game that people know and love, and I think still appealing to younger audiences today. But those older audiences that grew up with the game as well. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad it's about. Um, all right, let's crack on with the rest of the show and talk about Xbox and Bethesda's developer direct, which happened not long after we recorded last week's episode. Um, Brody, I might come to you first. Hi-Fi Rush stealth dropped during the direct. And this struck me as very much a Brody ass kind of game. Have you liked what you've seen of the game? Have you been able to play any of it yet? Uh, yeah, it looked really cool. Like obviously that sort of mix of almost like sunset overdrive, jet set radio, uh, even like the combat reminds me a little bit of maybe like Kingdom Hearts or even like obviously Devil May Cry is an easy comparison to make. But um, yeah, I, I've downloaded it. I've probably played the first couple of levels. I haven't had a heap of time, but what I have played has been really fun. Like uh, despite having been in a band for many years, I'm not terribly rhythmic. <laughs> um, but luckily the game doesn't really punish you on that front. Like it, it helps in the sense that, you know, if you land... Uh, obviously we should clarify that the premise is that the game is like a rhythm action platformer, like a 3d, 3d platformer where uh, everything moves to the, the beat of the world basically. So, um, yeah, from that sense, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, very unique. I think the art style is obviously, uh, one of the most, uh, appealing things about it. I really, and it feels weird cause I know there was a, like a lot of discourse around the, the cheesy dialogue in Forsaken and how, sorry, not Forsaken, Forspoken, and how people didn't really gravitate to that. But this more or less does the same thing, but for some reason uh, it's a bit more accepted. I don't know why that is, but uh, the the humour sort of resonated with me a bit from what I've played so far. So I'm definitely keen to give it more of a go. But uh, yeah. I've kind of heard it described. I think it was Tim Gettys maybe actually said it was kind of like a blend of like a Saturday morning cartoon with like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And that description alone kind of gets me excited. Maybe explains the dialogue choices as well. Um, but seeing as you mentioned um, Forsaken, as some people might refer to Forspoken. it as. Um, Forspoken. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shannon, Hi-Fi Rush uh, reportedly outperformed Forspoken on Steam in the debut week of both of those games. This is kind of extrapolating kind of revenue of the games and whatnot, um, working some statistics. How concerning do you think that is for Forspoken and I guess by extension Square? God, it's so... I feel like without numbers, like it's such a weird... It's a hard comparison to make, right? I, can't, I don't think there was like numbers, but I'm not really shocked by that considering Forspoken has like been nothing but shat on like since it was announced pretty much. And then Hi-Fi Rush comes out in like this stealth marketing drop. It's on Game Pass. I know this would just be purchases, but I feel like Game Pass games still do really well on PC when they're on Steam. Um, but it yeah, also costs I don't like know. forty bucks. Yeah, but I, isn't I, it? Yeah, like, that's a, that's. I'm not, like I'm not surprised by it. Disingenuous. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But it's by good. It. I, I it really hate that it's good. I hated how some of the people were phrasing it in terms of like pitting these two games that are like insanely different against each other in almost every way. But I guess that's just the world we live in. Isn't and, it? I, and I think Forspoken's like kind of been more thought of as a PlayStation game. So I guess like it's you're comparing apples and oranges, I suppose, a little bit looking at the numbers. But um, I would say it's a little bit concerning. <laughs> oh, it is. Con- it's concerning for sure. Like, I, I don't think anyone expected Forspoken to have sold insanely well, though, from what we know and have seen about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Hopefully it doesn't jeopardize seeing more of that world. I think I'm still holding out hope that's the case. Um, James, going back to the Xbox and Bethesda developer direct though, how did you rate the direct as a whole? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I am <laughs> like, I think we've got a bit of a delay, I, but I'm I, loving I, the pregnant pauses. <laughs> yeah, no, there wasn't delay. I just paused on purpose. <laughs> um, I yeah, uh, yeah. I don't really care about Forza, but it looks nice. So cool. I'm really happy for car people. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I like the format. I think if they stick, because I feel like Xbox had last year or the year before they had like a diff. They had this idea for a different format every three months, and it just kept chopping and changing. But I think like if they've kind yeah. of nailed it now, like I feel like it's quite good. So hopefully they stick with this um, for the future. Um, who knows? We'll see a developer direct with Ninja Theory soon, or Crystal Dynamics, or something else exciting. But yeah, right now like not my vibe. Um, but I like the idea. Where do you so place yeah. to see Redfall get a release date? <clears throat> Yeah, that kind of like a bare minimum that had to come out of this? I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about it before. Like, I was like, I'm still like starstruck that Starfall wasn't there, but like, I um, that's probably the wrong word, but I, um, <laughs> it sounded definitely nice, the though. wrong word. Yeah, it was like a Starfall was the wrong word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even well, notice. Ah, <laughs> oh, Starfall. Yeah, what's Starfall? Oh, Redfall. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Redfield. That'll be good. Um, yeah, that's also a <laughs> Chris love character. Chris. Yeah, uh, he's he is my favorite. He's right here. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I yeah, it's good that it's dated. I just want to play it. Um, I feel like arcane games yeah. have never demoed well, and I'm not saying that to be like apologetic or anything. I just feel like with being able to like say get your hands on those systems and like do the shit that developers never wanted you to do is like half the charm of them. Um, so keen to try it. Yeah. How are you feeling at this stage about Redfall, Kieran? Is it a game you're excited for? Uh, I don't think so. Like, I love Arcane stuff, but uh, the multiplayer aspect doesn't really appeal to me. Although, you can... It is, like, also a single-player game, yeah? Like, you can just play it solo. You can. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's the, the case. Just the, the, th- the live service-y kind of, like... Yeah, all of that stuff doesn't really... I don't, I don't really get into it. But I, I'll, I'll definitely, yeah. it's definitely one I'll check out. And it's on Game Pass, so it, it can't really hurt. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see how it pans out. Per se. Like, I don't think it's the bad kind of live service. No, 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 no. They but all are, it, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> but just that just that format, you know, like yeah. the, the looser structure and stuff, yeah. I think that's that's the good thing with Game Pass is, like, it's really easy to convince people to play it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was actually I was saying that, yeah, I was saying that yeah. to someone. It, I feel like games like that thrive more on Game Pass because if you don't have people to play with, the, the barrier of entry for others is super, super low. Yeah. There's always like an in, like an investment to it, right? Like there's yeah. one person in the group chat trying to get everyone on board, and everyone's like, "I don't know if I want to drop the hundred bucks to get the exactly. game," and you maybe fall off of it within the space of a week. But with Game Pass, there's no real risk to it, I suppose. Mm. Um, Shannon, on the topic of conferences slash showcases, everyone's skipping E3 by the sounds of things. If the reports yeah. today, it's be believed. No Nintendo, no Xbox, no PlayStation. Is this it for E3? Yeah, I'm shocked. Like, given the huge hoo-ha we saw about E3 this year with, with Reed Pop coming back and mm. Guy Yugson, formerly of PAX Australia, sort of running the show there. Like, I, I'm very shocked to see this report come out. Not so much about PlayStation and Nintendo, but, like, definitely Xbox 
I thought would be at E3. And and to an extent, I thought if PlayStation and Nintendo were going to return, it'd be this year above any other. But I, I do feel like I don't see a world where E3 can ever be the same again if those three publishers aren't going to be there in any capacity. Like, I don't think it, it wasn't just that they weren't going to do press conferences as a part of E3. Like, it, literally, they weren't going to be a part of the show on the show floor at all, which is just, like, yeah, crazy to me that 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 is the case. I really don't know how E3 can recover from there, to be honest. Yeah. I I hope there's still a difference between skipping E3 or, like, not being at E3 but still being around E3. Like, I would still love to see some kind of... Uh- showcases announcements that kind of coincide with that week or two week period what i don't get is would you not speak to these companies before like announcing what you're doing and like your massive plans for it to return to like the heyday of e3 like wouldn't you just vibe check whether they were going to be there i don't know what their other (laughs) option is but i just don't know don't just assume they're going to be there well yeah like did they do that i don't really understand well, like I was I reading. I wasn't, didn't didn't someone pull out last year or the year before because like of the way it was done or they didn't, weren't happy with something? There was something. Well, it about was Jeff. It. Like Jeff, and then starting his own thing that was caused yeah. by him not being happy with some element that I can't remember, and that was kind of the the final start of the downfall. Yeah, I don't know how accurate it is, but I was when I was looking at that stuff, uh, that story today, I was reading something that said that apparently. Readpop only sent out the actual like invites or contracts or whatever for E3 this year, like a month ago or less than a month ago. So uh, like, yeah, that's I feel like yeah. get that, that turnaround is tight if you're a big yeah. company. Yeah. Also, and I think like, like prepping like, demos is like a lot yeah, of work. Yeah. 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 And I sort of feel like at this stage, they've kind of proven they don't need E3. Like even going to the Xbox and the Bethesda developer direct, like, the fact that they can kind of do that, I don't think there was a huge lot of excitement, but they can kind of stealth drop a game like Hi-Fi Rush there and then, and it gets a lot of attention off the back of it. Mm. Like even and, something yeah. relatively low key like that and a, and a, and a game maybe relatively low key, like it still works and it can still, yeah, in I, terms of marketing their products. I just feel like E3 never really provided a platform in like a digital sense. Like it was always PlayStation and Xbox holding these streams where like at least Jeff Keighley's events kind of like brings a new audience to like any announcements you want to have at summer game fest or whatever it is so yeah it it doesn't surprise me it only surprises me because yeah we saw this like huge they will promise this resurgence of e3 this year and i just don't see how that's going to happen brody are you going to miss waking up at three in the morning to watch an xbox conference I look, I think we'll still be doing that it's just it'll (laughs) be much of running their own thing yeah (laughs) Because, I mean, didn't the one they did last year, or didn't that exist outside of E3 anyway? I think yeah. so. Like the Microsoft Bethesda one, that was... Yeah, it's just going to be that again, basically, so... Yeah. yeah. It'll be like E3 never came back. All right, well, let's change gears and talk about PlayStation and their multiplayer games, specifically. Starting with Horizon, as some alpha footage reportedly appeared online, if it is to be believed, the stylized look of the game... Kind of, kind of Fortnite vibes to it. Uh, Kieran, perhaps I'll start with you. What did you make of the footage, some of the concept art that came out around it? Does it do anything for you? Uh, like, the concept art looked, I, th- I thought looked fine. Like, I, I, you know, 
it's it's stylized. It it definitely does have that that Fortnite vibe about it. But I, I think I think if they can make it work, the actual like alpha footage of the game definitely doesn't look like that concept art implies. Um, and that's obviously probably because it's it's quite early. Um, but it looks it looks very awkward. Um, and there's not really much indication of it, how, how the game is actually going to play. It was just a lot of a lot of them running around and and I guess testing stuff. So I I don't want to yeah I don't want to base any opinion off of off of that that alpha footage um but i i'm still not convinced a horizon multiplayer game needs to be a thing yeah what about yourself brody is this a game you could see yourself playing particularly if it is kind of deviating i suppose from the aesthetics of horizon as we otherwise know it uh not for me no it's not due to that or anything it's just horizon in general has never been something that i've gravitated to and I don't love the stylized look. I think I said that in one of our group chats. Like, it obviously does give me Fortnite vibes, which is not a bad thing, but I feel like part of the appeal of Horizon is how lush and high fidelity the world is, and to lose that mm. feels like a bit of a shame. James, does it make sense, though, to, like, branching out... No pun intended. Um, branching out Horizon as an IP and kind of making it more towards... Angling more towards younger audiences, perhaps, with a stylized look like this? Where is there a pun in branch? I was I didn't want to I didn't want to say plants that. and shrubbery. There's trees in the <laughs> game, guys. In... <laughs> Poor you <laughs> that, Brody... I got the I got the reference. Like I wouldn't Brody have made that extra comment about like, it. But... The world and stuff, <laughs> and I started talking about branches. I don't know. Uh, Did you even repeat the yeah. question? <laughs> no, I, I no no. In another you way, really threw me. You really threw me off. <laughs> um, no, I um no. That's my answer. So you don't think it's a good idea? You don't think they can extend the IP this way? Um, I think... I feel like the world is so rich, like... But then I think... But actually, now that I'm actually probably thinking about it and I've moved on from the branch comment, like, I, <laughs> you could definitely do, like, a Monster, like Monster Hunter, Hunter kind of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah but then yeah. I also think, like, I've played... I've, I genuinely think Wild Hearts is like that a little bit. Like, I've got that vibe playing that for X hours last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't like the Clash of Clans, like, mobile (laughs) looking art direction of it. Um, but there are so many different types of enemies, but then I feel like to do, to make it balanced and fun multiplayer, you would need new enemies that are like bigger to take down that you dismantle like systematically or something. Um, gameplay wise, world wise, like I'm sure it's easy. I just think gameplay wise, it's not as easy as just chucking those big monsters into a game and putting four people on them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Shannon, uh, this is something I can see you and I certainly playing. Yeah, I think so for sure. Let's branch <laughs> out together and <laughs> get in that world. <laughs> mm. I'll take it. I'll take any stylized look. Give it to me. I'm still a big kid. Um, in an interview with BuzzFeed, changing topics again, Neil Druckmann hinted that The Last of Us Factions game could be a strictly two-player cooperative experience... Brody, I might come back to you on this one. Not what I imagined this game to be. No, I sort of pictured it as being sort of division-ish, if you will. Like, I don't yeah. know how many how size squads you can have in that. I assume four to six or something. But, um, yeah, I guess that's what I imagined. Like, you'd have a clan of, like, maybe, I don't know, 20 people, but you'd go out in groups of four or five or something like that and just raid and pillage the, the resources of the world, I guess, to, to hear that it's uh, maybe a little bit more focused and... Because they've always said that it is going to be narrative-driven still, haven't they? I think they've led us to believe that. 
nevertheless. Uh, so mm, yeah. that might help in telling those stories, I guess, to have you know a smaller contained experience, but definitely surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do now start to wonder of like how this kind of plays into the rest of the world. Like, are these going to be two characters that like are, are they not going to be like you create a character? They are kind of in characters within the world. Everyone plays the same two experiences, the same story. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this this starting to sound more like a Last of Us game that just happens to have a cooperative function to it, rather than kind of like a big kind of blown out. Uh, factions multiplayer mode, which mm. I'm. It's the Dead Space Three for. of The Last of Us, if you will. It's just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just not like prepared. I wasn't prepared for this. I don't know how to react, and um, I can't we imagine it continues. React. You know, Ellie or Abby's sort of story in any capacity, um, but I, maybe yeah. like a kind of tangential story with a couple of characters. I'll honestly be sad if, like, I'm I'm actually really keen for this and hadn't thought about it, but I will be sad if we don't get, like, a factions-type yeah. multiplayer game as well. Like, that's, I really enjoyed the first version of that, and I'd, yeah, surely it's got to be a part of something they're working on. Yeah, I think that's my feeling, yeah. as, as Like, which is crazy to say, because I should be, like, beside myself that we're getting more story in The Last of Us, but... I was kind of hoping we would get the multiplayer mode back as well. Kieran, how I see you nodding along. Are you feeling the same? I just before that, and I don't want to. I don't want to pick on you again, Ewan. But did everyone else hear him <laughs> say tangential instead of tangential? Tangent, no, tangent. I surely said tangential. Run it back. I heard. <laughs> I heard something, but it's fine. I just moved on. No. Um, <laughs> do you know how much talking I have to do in a day? Like my strike rate, I think is pretty good. No, no, no. Um, no. So yeah, I guess like. Speaking of games that feature shrubs and bushes, um, I feel like The Last of Us... I feel like this could still be that Division-ish, you know, like procedural whatever kind of game and Neil's just throwing us for a loop. Um, But it also wouldn't surprise me if Naughty Dog are doing the sneaky and like pretending to be open about what it is, but then they're just going to drop like, yeah, like you said, this like full-fledged Last of Us experience. It just happens to be co-op as well. Um so it'll be interesting to see what what does eventuate but um i think either option is good like i'd I'd be into i guess we will have to wait and see hopefully it's that's not too much longer hopefully we get an announcement sometime later this year um okay sticking with playstation a moment longer though um they released this new advert um, I think I first saw it on ESPN or something, Shannon, you brought it to my attention. But it's kind of like this news broadcast sort of thing, cutting into a bunch of um, PlayStation games and kind of treating them as if they're kind of breaking news moments, that sort of thing. We see a flash of a woman kind of walking through a cave um, with a torch. Everyone's kind of speculating, is this our first look, a bit of a hint, a bit of a tease of Uncharted 5? Shannon, firstly to you, do you... Th- do you believe that? Do you think that this is an Uncharted game? Oh, I, I, it could be, definitely. Like, uh, I, I was skeptical, but then I read the press release and it did, like, mention, like, finding teasers or, like, a sneak peek at upcoming PS5 experiences or something like that. And I definitely think there were two or three. I saw someone throw out, like, a Ghost of Tsushima 2 as well. Like, there were very clearly, like, God of War Horizon and then there were very clearly, like, two or three that either could have just been like ambiguous or definitely teasers but like this 
could have been anything, right? Like it could be Tomb Raider, it could be the new Uncharted, it could be a handful of other games that they could just say that was this or people will come to that inclusion. But I'm hopeful it's Uncharted for sure. I would love to see that. What's your feeling, James? Because Naughty Dog has said they're kind of done with Uncharted. Like, could this be Uncharted? Who would be making it? Um, I mean, they could always do, like, the Crash Bandicoot thing, right? Like, where they give it to someone else. Um, yeah. Who else could be making it? I don't know. Maybe Blue Point. Um, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, Part of me wants yeah. to like, like speculate that it's I, Sony Bend or maybe even Bluepoint. That's literally what. Are you listening to me? Or I think you're on a bit of a delay. You're cutting in yeah. and out. You is that cut what you out. Just said? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> the PlayStation. Great ones think like James. I love it. <laughs> what no. were Bend? What Bend? What did they say they were working on when they got taken off? It should be Siphon. No, Days Gone Two, wasn't it, or something? No, I think oh, they, yeah. they weren't doing Days Gone. I thought it was rumoured they, they were working on an Uncharted remake or something. I, thought, or? I think it was the Last of Us remake and then they maybe. either weren't doing it or they didn't think they should have been doing it, so they got pushed off it. But I don't, maybe they are doing Uncharted. I don't think that was was ever said, or new IP, or I don't know. But yeah, who else could be doing it? Literally anyone. I just hope someone is. <laughs> I'm Same. so ready for a continuation of 4, kind of picking up where they left off without any spoilers, maybe doing a bit of a time jump and introducing a new kind of lead heroine. Like, but, yeah. From a gameplay perspective, like I feel like I'm done with that series. I think story-wise, sure, there's definitely more there. But like, yeah, I, I think that's think always been the case, though. Like. That game was washed, like, after, like, two games. Like, you'd seen everything. Like, it's just always been about the story with Uncharted. Well, I've always felt that. But then some people think yeah. I'm wrong. Although, that being said, Lost Legacy was de- was quite different and was a little bit more refreshing than, say, 4 was. So, maybe there is something there. But, um, but then, like, to me, Lost Legacy was so appealing because it was closer to Tomb Raider. And then, like, do you really just want it to be Tomb Raider? Do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of feels stupid. A better version but, of Tomb Raider, I would argue. Oh my god! Okay, I don't think we can talk. I about did do this, a quick like... check on. <laughs> that's I a did... fact. That wasn't even. That wasn't even trying to start an it's argument. Not a fact, that's, mate. That's, that's, not even, that's not even subjective from Shannon. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> uh, I did do a quick like check on um, Sony Bend, and they said that they were working on a new IP that builds new on IP. the overall systems of Days Gone um, in June 2021. Um, so yeah, siphon filter. Perhaps let's make not. it happen. Who knows what they've been shifted onto next? Though I feel like <laughs> yeah. they're the wild child of Sony Studios. The, uh, uh, all right, quickly then before remake. we go to a rapid fire question, and then what the wiki, Shannon? You've got a dual sense edge. Do you rate it? I do rate it. I think it's a hard one because it's obviously a really good controller and and builds in well with the PS5, but. Obviously, the price is a big deal, especially in this economy. So, really hard. <laughs> in this to, economy, <laughs> in this economy, in any economy, but especially in this economy, this um, is it like literally half the price of the console now? Mm-hmm. It's three hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, like you, you can get yeah, a console for like seven eighty or something. I saw today. Yeah, I yeah. I can't justify it personally, but I'm not a, like that hardcore competitive gamer, and I think maybe if you were, those paddles would be a nice touch. But uh, yeah. Not sold. Yeah. Anyhow, that That's felt like enough. the rapid fire question, but I do have one for you, and that is yay or nay, Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. 
we saw a little clip come out from the upcoming Mario movie with his voice lines in it. Kieran Yeone. Yay. All he needed to do was sound like Seth Rogen. It's <laughs> all he can do, apparently. Uh, Brody. Why the hell not? James. Yeah. Hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. No, okay. I'm going to be the only nay on this. I'm just like... Oh, it's Ewan. just always What's Seth Rogen. Oh, what would. do you want, Ewan? Yeah. What do you want from Seth? What do you want from your donkey call? <laughs> yeah. Is it is it weird? Was it weird to anyone else? That, I don't know what I want. Was it want weird to anyone else Bailey that he tells or something? <laughs> what? Sorry, Gary, what was that? Uh, no. Uh, I was just gonna say, was it weird to anyone else that he tells Mario that he's gonna die in that that clip? Like that felt very like unintended. Yeah. yeah. I was more perturbed by Chris Pratt's meow. Oh God, let's not <laughs> let's not go there. That awoken something in me. <laughs> well, yeah, let's not I'll put go it there back and instead go to What the Wiki, the press start podcast game <laughs> show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess, but the round ends after one person scores two points. Last week, that was myself taking the lead on four points. Brody just behind on three, Kieran on two, and Shannon and James tied with a point apiece. Unfortunately, still no one with nil poir. Um, as last week's winner, Kieran. No, wait. As last week's winner, I am in the hosting chair. I didn't update that uh, section of the notes. I just, I led with that. Okay. Game number one. Are we ready? Yep. Yes. The game is an action role-playing game with a level structure. The player character, the kid, moves through floating fantasy-themed environments that... Shannon. Alex the kid. No. It is not Alex the kid. Kieran, Kieran. do you want to have a guess? Is it Bastion? It is Bastion. Well done, Kieran. That is a point to you. Uh, okay, game number two. The game is a 2D side-scrolling platform game. In this series' platform Alex, game the tradition, the player controls the titular hero of the game in a run-and-jump plat in run and jump gameplay wow what a sentence the player navigates between platforms and atop some foes en route to the end of the increasingly difficult levels the player controls one of many friendly dinosaurs which take turns traveling through 48 levels across six worlds to rescue james is it um yoshi's island it is yoshi's island well done james very good huge up to two points nicely done uh game number three The objective of the game is to build and design a city without specific goals to achieve. The player can mark land... (laughs) James, I heard you there first. Is it SimCity? (laughs) It is SimCity. Well done, James. Quick round. James wins it this week. And that means we now have three people on three points. Brody, Kieran, and James. So some hot competition. I like it. This is what this rule change was hoping to do um, and James you'll be in the hosting chair next week can't wait with that let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start podcast subscribe to us on listener or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au we've been joined today by Shannon you can follow me at shannonkick underscore on Twitter James yeah you can find me on Twitter at James A-T-J-A-M-Z I don't know why I said yeah at the beginning, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That obviously threw a lot of people off. Brody? Uh, Thanks, you can follow me on most things at (laughs) Brody underscore DG. And Kieran? Uh, H-A-S-H underscore B-R-A-U-N, Twitter, do it. 
And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Branch out. Not me out. (laughs) (laughs) Not me out. (laughs) Me out. Okay. Me out. (laughs) Okay.